Hi, this is Kim M. from Frederick, Maryland, and you're listening to the Daily Reflection Podcast. I had no other choice but to drink towards the end for me. I really didn't know another way of life. And I was watching my world get smaller and smaller and smaller. And I really thought I was in control. Now, in retrospect, I realized what a prison alcohol really was for me. Welcome to the Daily Reflection Podcast with your hosts, Michael L. and Lee M. On this show, we try to bring inspiration through interviews with members of the recovery community. We are not affiliated with any 12-step program, but you may hear them mentioned throughout the program. On today's show, Kim M. from Frederick, Maryland. Although Kim's early in sobriety, she's got a powerful message. Stay tuned for that. Before we get to the show, we'd like to ask for your help trying to expand the reach of the show, and you can help us do that. If you're willing and able, give us a rating especially on Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or a podcast network that gives you the ability to leave a rating or a comment, let us know what you think of the show. Greatly appreciate that. We hope you enjoy this episode. Good morning, Lee. How are you? Good morning, Mike. I am doing great this morning. How are you? Never better. Another great day. Hey, who's in the studio today? So I'm very excited today. First of all, it's April 9th, and we have our new friend, and fellow podcaster, Kim M. from Frederick, Maryland, here to talk to us today about today's Daily Reflection, which is Freedom from King Alcohol. Fantastic. Kim, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. Well, we get the podcast started in the same way every day. We ask the guests to read the Daily Reflection for the day. Can you get us started? I sure can. April 9th, Freedom from King Alcohol. Let us not suppose for even an instant that we are not under constraint. Our formal tyrant, King Alcohol, always stands ready again to clutch us to him. Therefore, freedom from alcohol is the great must that has to be achieved, else we go mad or die. As Bill sees it, page 134. When drinking, I lived in spiritual, emotional, and sometimes physical confinement. I had constructed my prison with bars of self-will and self-indulgence from which I could not escape. Occasional dry spells that seemed to promise freedom would turn out to be little more than hopes of reprieve. True escape required a willingness to follow whatever right actions were needed to turn the lock. With that willingness and action, both the lock and the bars themselves opened for me. Continued willingness and action keep me free in a kind of extended daily probation that need never end. That's great, Kim. Thank you for reading that. What's your sobriety date? June 24th, 2020. Wow. Pandemic. I'm a pandemic baby. New to sobriety. That's right. Absolutely. Tell us about what resonates for you on this. Was your drinking like a prison? Did you feel confined? And what was that like for you? For me, it was definitely like a prison. um, If a person could be unaware, they were in a prison. In retrospect, I realized the bars of my life. Had no other choice but to drink towards the end for me. I really didn't know another way of life. And I was watching my world get smaller and smaller and smaller. And I really thought I was in control. And now, in retrospect, I realized what a prison alcohol really was for me, just how corroded I had become as a human being, as a mother, as a daughter, as a member of society. And uh, to not even realize that is uh, very scary. How old were you when you got sober? I was 48 and a half. um, So I had a really good run of about 30 years. 
did it take you long to get into the steps? Well, I went to uh, treatment. Um, a great group of people smarter than I realized that I wasn't making very good decisions. Um, and part of that treatment was obviously to introduce the steps. And uh, yeah, I got right into them. I had that gift of desperation. I knew I was going to die if I didn't do something. So yeah, I got right into the steps. So what is it that prompted you to actually get into recovery to begin with? Because you're relatively new, uh, less than a year sober, been working hard in sobriety and making a lot of headway. But what is it that actually made you decide because you were so unaware that you needed to get in here? Yeah, I definitely thought that every time I started drinking that I was making a personal choice. And every day that I did that, I corroded my self-esteem more and more each day. I'd like to say that I had an epiphany and that I decided that I needed treatment, but that's not at all what happened. I had a really fantastic group of women around me who, uh, for the last 35 years, have watched me slowly, uh, basically, uh, fade away. And collectively, they got together and convinced me that I needed to get treatment. Um, But I have to say, that wasn't easy. I mean, I'm a good alcoholic, so it had to be my way, my life, my choice, my decision. Um, So after they brought this to my attention, I had to black out uh, several more times and uh, go to detox to finally have the great idea that, hey, maybe I really do need to get treatment. And they all laughed at that. But, you know, I I didn't realize. So Hmm. it took other people. What about the program? How how far into the steps are you? And maybe talk a little bit about your your entry into the program. Sure. Um, I had an interim sponsor uh, before I went into treatment because I was told that that was something I was going to need to have. So I found somebody who's still real dear to me now. When I got out of treatment, she started me in the steps and told me immediately that I needed to find a new sponsor, that she couldn't handle it. So I got another sponsor. She started to take me through the steps. But being a, a COVID baby here, Um, There were some difficulties in getting together in person, and I really felt like I needed that. I needed one-on-one contact and connection. So I went out on a limb and found somebody who had what I wanted, and she was willing to be my sponsor, and she's actually been on this show. So, And she has taken me through the steps, and now I'm in step eight, so I am getting ready to make amends to people. Kim, I love this. I love what you're talking about because the sponsorship relationship is so important. And for you to take ownership like that of that process and make the decision to get somebody else that, you know, was going to take you through this the way that you felt like you needed to in person, I think is such a a great step to take for yourself in early sobriety. Like a lot of times we're afraid to make those moves. And it says a lot about, you know, how badly you want this, that you were able to do it. So how, what would you tell a newcomer, you know, cause you're, you're still so fresh in to the program. What is the advice that you can give to somebody right now that might be thinking about coming in or, or is in, but maybe only a few weeks in, what are some things that you did that, that helped you be successful? Well, I think the scary thing is to try to make good decisions as a new alcoholic, cause we're so used to making bad decisions. I had to get in front of what I was afraid of. And that was to hurt somebody's feelings, to hurt my sponsor's feelings and actually ask for what I wanted because for 48 years, I wasn't making decisions based on what I really wanted. So I just let the fear sit in and I did it anyway. And I just 
I just asked and I would tell anybody, it's not about being friends, I don't believe with a sponsor. It's about them having what you want, whatever that looks like, strength, courage, stick-to-itiveness, whatever it is. Um, and that's what I was looking for. Somebody who could be a little stronger and smarter than I am. And that's hard for me. Did you struggle at all with the concept of a higher power in the, in the third step? Um, I did. Like many people, when they first come into AA, they probably have abandoned all of their higher power if they have one. I definitely didn't have one. And I actually had to um, just kind of fake that till I made it too. And that's been a that's been a process, a practice, uh, like a daily practice. Um, at almost nine months sober, I feel uh, much more um, connected to my higher power, who I call God. Uh, but I can tell you, fun fact, for about six months, I prayed to a picture of a lion. And I had a hard time telling people that because I thought they were going to think I was crazy, but it gave me peace. It was the lion is strong and courageous and fierce and not to be toyed with. And that's how I felt about my sobriety. And I did that. And eventually, you know, it just evolved into the relationship I have with my higher power now. So are you going to Zoom meetings? And how often do you go to meetings? Are you going in person? What does what your meeting program look like today? Well, when I was getting out of treatment, they said do 90 and 90. And during a pandemic, and it was right at the height of the pandemic, right at the beginning in June, um, there weren't a lot of in-person meetings, but I, I wanted to, to complete what they said. So I found an in-person meeting. I could not go alone because I was a total coward. And so I found five people that were also new out of uh, treatment and they went with me. Um, and I went to that meeting every single day for almost 90 days. And of course, yes, I did do Zoom and I, I love Zoom. And I know people in the program, old timers don't like it because it's changed, but man, what an amazing platform for people who are maybe afraid. You know, they, they want a little in and more anonymity, you know, between them and a live body. I think it's fantastic. So I do both now. I know you're not all the way through the program, but um, Obviously, there's there's going to be some changes that happen. Hopefully, those are positive. Tell us a little bit about how your life is is getting better as you go through the program of recovery. My life is completely transformed, and I can very safely say that. I wake up every morning with zero regrets. I don't have to worry about who I've offended, including myself. My relationships with my family are stronger. My relationships with friends. Um, my career is going in a different direction now. I'm starting to really live my dreams. That's a that's a first for Kim. What are some of those dreams that you have and how are you seeing them start to unfold for you? I didn't have dreams before, honestly. I didn't know what was going to happen the very next day. And today it looks very different. Um, I, I can see five years from now, I'm going to um, start my own podcast with a dear friend of mine. I don't have um, any real passions in life. I've never was that person that liked music or was an athlete, but I have a voice and I really believe I need to use it to help people. And um, that's what I'm going to do. And it's really exciting. That's great. We'll look forward to checking out the podcast. Has it gone live yet? We hope to go live in April. Okay, so great. appreciate all the support. I'm really excited. We've had the opportunity actually to work with, with Kim and Leary, who are working together on the podcast. And we met Kim 
through another member of AA who said to us that she was interested in, in doing a podcast. So we've been able to do some coaching with Kim. And it's been a blessing really to be able to participate in this dream of yours unfolding. And just like, you know, we've said offline, it's just so important that all the voices are heard. And so it's it's a beautiful gift of recovery that you're not only coming up with this idea, but able to execute on it because you can follow through because you're not passed out and hung over and all that stuff. So you know, as we begin to close this episode out, is there anything that you would like to say to anybody who might be listening? Yeah, I think for me, the two words that have helped me with my recovery so far are being open and being willing. I am open and I encourage others to be open that their way isn't the only way. Your suggestion isn't the only way, but to remain open, willing and absolutely willing to do whatever it takes to remain sober. And that's what I cling to right now. Fantastic. Well, I want to thank you for sitting in and sharing your experience, strength, and hope. It's been a great conversation. Thanks so much for having me. It's a joy to be here. Thank you, Kim. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to find us online, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash daily reflection podcast. You can find us on Twitter at daily reflector. You can read stories of recovery from our community at blog.dailyreflectionpodcast.com. Please don't forget to give us a rating on your podcast app. We greatly appreciate it. Have a great day.